0: My guest today is Pia Antico. Pia is the founder of Essential Awakening Mentoring, a Crone Life Joy Reboot mentor, coach, trainer, international public speaker, and best-selling author. At 50, she is a three near-deaths-before-30, two abusive marriages, and major head trauma life rebuilder, whose mission is to help single, empty-nester businesswomen over 40 to effortlessly get past their darkest moments by tapping into their innate well-being so that they can shine the light of their radiant, joyful wisdom and step into their dreamed of future. Pia, I am so thrilled to have you w- with me here today. Thank you so much for
1: joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Laura. I feel totally honored to be chatting with you today. And getting in front of your wonderful audience, and I hope to be of benefit in some way to um, your listeners. Well,
0: I have no, I have no doubt um, <laughs> at all whatsoever, and I'm just so thrilled to to hear your story. I do want to t- start yes. uh, with hearing about all of the amazing things that you've got going on these days.
1: Thank you. Gosh. So I'm Pia Antico. I am a Crone Life Joy Reboot Mental Coach and Trainer and founder of Essential Awakening Mentor. I'm a twice best-selling author and public speaker. And the latest book that's out is called Sacred Surrender, Courageous Visionaries Embracing and Living in Their, or Leading in Their Divinity. And the Inspiration for that book that came out last month uh, and available in Amazon right now was the discussion about life from 40 to 50 because I turned 50 last month and the discussion of the mistakes that I had made heading into 40 with uh, internalized ageism uh, that I was not aware of, fear of missing out, regret for mistakes made previously and a misunderstanding of where happiness really comes from had me jumping into totally uprooting my life, leaving my country, moving to another one, getting married poorly for a second time, changing my faith identity. And pretty much turning everything else upside down in my external circumstances, chasing a sense of belonging and looking for happiness under every rock without realizing where it actually came from. In this chapter, I talk about my realizations of that and how that led me to what I do these days in my practice as a coach and trainer for women over 40 single empty nesters like myself who are looking at reinventing, rediscovering themselves post-caregiving, also wanting to counter the misogynistic, patriarchal, ageist, phobic messaging that is aimed at us women uh, becomes quite evident as we start getting older that the only successful way to age is to not age at all, to not look old, uh, not have wrinkles, not have uh, a menopausal, Body and a, a soft spreading stomach, and that if we are to be visible, we have to apparently look a certain way. And that's actually been proven to me. I was looking at, at YouTube. I have a, I've been building a little YouTube channel and I popped in the search bar in YouTube, Women Over 40, to see what was coming up. It's all, all to do with looking inverted commas, looking younger, feeling younger, what to wear, how to wear your hair, um, losing weight, Botox. And then if you happen to be single like myself, then apparently that's uh, a sign of failure that needs to be addressed by shrinking yourself in some way so that particularly men will accept you. Uh, in some way, and I was actually quite alarmed, really, that uh, this is the message sure. that is largely out there for us. And I'm going, well, I want revolutionary ageing. I want us to age disgracefully. I want us to be loud and take up space physically and metaphorically. I want us to know that we are guided by our inner wisdom and that the things that have happened in our life do not define who we are and we don't have to carry those stories with us. And so this is the inspiration for what I do. It was the inspiration for my book. And I work with women from a framework that I was inspired to, well, it just fell out of me at at four in the morning last February, actually, (laughs) inspired from my (laughs) training in the three principles paradigm uh, by Sydney Banks, And that's training that I have been doing for the, oh gosh, last four, five years and experiencing the impact of it, both the Professionally and personally. And my Awaken the Joy Within framework points us to the fact that we are all okay already. There's nothing broken. We don't need to go on healing journeys. There's nothing wounded about us. We don't have to analyze the stories we've been telling ourselves. We don't have to control our experience, our feelings. That our feelings, are coming from the story that we are telling ourselves in that moment. But the answer to having a different experience isn't found in staying in our head and analysing and rehashing and reframing and all that stuff there. It's simply an awareness. And so that's the first key to my Awaken the Joy Within. It's an awareness that that is a process that we Experience the ebb and flow of thought and feeling, but that underneath that tide of thought and feeling is our wisdom consciousness. And it's our wisdom consciousness, which is the W in awaken, that is our true guidance system. And it's never been broken by anything that's happened to us. And we just lose sight of it every so often when we get a little bit caught in the story in our head and thinking it's real. Then we have appreciation. When we are looking at ourselves and our life and seeing whatever we can, big or small, that is joyful in our life, that always puts us in alignment with our wisdom because the nature of our wisdom is joy kindness, understanding, that's the K in Awaken, the kindness, understanding that we are doing the best we can, all of us. We all have our own reality. We all have a lens that is unique to see the world in. Sometimes we get caught up in the story in our head and go maybe make some decisions in life and take some actions that weren't so beneficial for ourselves or others, but we were simply doing the best we could at the time. And that's the same for those people in our lives that We're not necessarily behaving in a way that was uh, beneficial to us. That's not to say, and I come out of two abusive marriages, so it's not to say uh, when when I say kindness and forgiveness and compassion, that's never to say that you accept behavior that is harmful. It's not to say that it's okay and excuse it, but it is to understand that the person is behaving in a way because they have some thinking going on and they can't see for that moment their wisdom. They're not aligned in their wisdom at that moment and they're caught up in some thinking and that thinking is scary to them for whatever reason and they are then coming up with thought-created ways of dealing with their discomfort that is not conducive to to, to behaviour, that is uh, loving to themselves or to you. Once you understand that it's never personal to you, it's not a sign that you've done something wrong, but it's all them, it's a beautiful space to be in because you can release them in a way that you wish for them the best, but you don't need to stick around and do terribly much about it. You can't fix them. You can't put uh, them in alignment to their wisdom. And there is no uh, reason for us that our universal contract is such that we don't stay in harm's way. Then we have, with that understanding of kindness and how everything works, uh, that sometimes we're in our wisdom and sometimes we're not, that we have equanimity. We are able to sit Comfortably in the realization that even if things are not appearing to be okay in that moment, we are wisdom beings and we are fundamentally always okay. And then that brings us to the the final element of awakening the joy within and that's now. That's being in the present and understanding what the present actually is. It's not our current conditions. The present moment is that space, that wisdom space between when we've released our thinking in the current moment about the past and we've released worry in our current thinking and we are in alignment with our inner wisdom nature, our consciousness, our wisdom consciousness. We are by default in the present moment. And it's in that dynamic, radiant space that our guidance actually arises. That little, and it's in generally in the form of those little quiet nudges, that little, oh, gosh, that feels good. Anything that arises within you that is, oh, that feels really good. I'm excited about that. That's the way to go. And it's just that we get some thinking happening, our fearful ego thinking happening, that often counters that initial wisdom feeling of of that that feels like a really good idea. Uh, And then we talk ourselves out of it, unfortunately. Uh, So that is a a quick outline of my uh, Awaken the Joy Within framework that I guide my single empty nester women over 40 through who... Want to let go of the decisions they've made along the way, and step into their powerful now.
0: What a beautiful use of the an acronym of the word awaken. Thank you. The I way guess. that it looks, <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's really great that to sort of change the way that society views aging women. Oh yes, you're doing it from within from within each yes. individual woman we're not trying to change the minds of men because oh god there is the cares? opposite <laughs> of women
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've gotten to the point like i don't really care what they say i mean it really doesn't matter but it doesn't matter what anyone right? says really
0: right so what i've interpreted from this yes. is that the change is being made from within the women themselves and then yes. in turn all the women collectively have um, created this this energetic movement of change where we are. St- valued. We are beautiful as is. We can age disgracefully, just like you said,
1: because yep. who cares? Because who, who cares? And this is the nature yeah. of the crone. When I earlier said I'm a crone life joy reboot mental coach and trainer, what the term crone means, uh, and I know Disney has made the crone look like that warty, ugly, wicked old witch. And <laughs> I will say that unfortunately that Uh, stems from the 11th century Christian church campaign against the matriarchal pre-Christian spiritual traditions that were very much revering the divine feminine following lunar cycles and particularly revering the older woman in the tribe. The older woman was the lawgiver. She was the story keeper. She was the shaman. And so what then proceeded to happen as as a means of uh, political shifts in power, and this is what patriarchy has done uh, in a systemic and structural way for centuries, has bit by bit erased or tried to, at least. It hasn't fully succeeded, but certainly tried to erase the elder woman shaman from the cultural landscape. Women at all ages, of course, have have had um, been uh, attempted to be diminished in some way, but where, say, the the maiden, the young girl that's... But well, we've got this youth-obsessed society, which is quite pathological, and and then you've got the mother stage, and well, we can see currently what is happening in uh, certainly in the Supreme Court of the U.S. and and it's certainly a worldwide issue as well. The constant attempt to control women's Fertility and women's bodies, uh, so that, you know, they keep pushing out heirs to the male throne, uh, that kind of thing. It's a very important part of the revolution of the divine feminine to put the elder woman, put the crone power back where it belongs. And part of the crone embracing our inner crone archetype our wise woman archetype and i do want to say it's not uh, the these uh, divine uh, ar- archetypes are not gender specific it is not specific necessarily to being a womb holder or anything like that however for cisgendered women uh, and and women with wombs there is a connection between our changing fertility cycle and menopause and this awakening of uh, a shift in our focus from prioritizing outward caregiving to focusing on our own creation of spirit uh, and creativity in in different forms. And it's a power stage. Crone means crown. It's the crowning stage of womanhood and we need to – revolutionize aging and for me that is embracing our inner crone
0: that's really that's really beautiful i love that translation of crone meaning crown i did not know that (laughs) (laughs) so it gives it such a different meaning because like you said um my understanding of it every time i heard the word crone before was of like an old witchy warty woman Uh, and that was just implanted in my in my brain they've i guess done, uh, because of a, a society big, yeah
1: definitely there have been we've had centuries of doing this of rewriting and erasing what the the true meaning of the the elder woman the other term that people now also uh, associate with offensive or derogatory is the term hag hag is holy one she's another elder woman it was oh, the really? other term another another well term of the elder woman matriarch shaman holy one but yet yes it's used in such a derogatory way as well sorry for those who may well have a faith base of christianity uh we're not saying it's the institution the the institution of the church and the power structures, when we look at colonialism, when we look at imperialism, when we look at the power structures of the Christian church, what it set about doing uh, was to shift the focus from the divine feminine cycles, the lunar cycles, and the power of the woman to the men. And unfortunately, this is something we need to address and understand. When you
0: mentioned earlier, you talked about a nudge. Yes. And um, I, I want to I ask you what your thoughts on intuition are.
1: Yes. Well, before my understanding now, I used to believe that only certain special people, magical people, had some kind of psychic Gift of some sort that enabled them to have a certain flow through the universe that I didn't have, apparently. I was very much caught up in intellect and. And there's nothing wrong with intellect. I have multiple degrees. I love intelligent, int- I love intellectual, abstract, theoretical conversations and all that stuff. So don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not anti intellect, but it's understanding its place. We, again, part of the patriarchal structures and systems of society, we have gotten a misunderstanding of what our true guidance system is. We get told to be logical we got told to be rational and to think your way through life. And this is simply not correct. We all have this inner wisdom. We are all energy beings. The universe is energy. Matter is energy. And when we silence chattering in our head long enough and not sort of get caught up following thinking that's happening but just let it pass like a cloud. Just let it go and allow for ourselves to listen to a different voice. For me, it feels like that voice comes up from, or comes up. I always feel like it comes up. It's coming up from my gut. It's coming up from my heart. It is a visceral feeling in the body, but it's not in the body. Our wisdom isn't. Associated with a particular organ, but it feels like it arises as opposed to being really all uh, furrowed in your forehead and and trying to think your way. It is a relaxed space, and from it there is just a little voice. It's a little idea, it's a little nudge. You know that it's the intuition because it feels good. It feels exciting. It feels alive and vibrant and carefree. And it's only that we get into some thinking about that nudge that is the issue that we find ourselves in. We start second-guessing, oh, but I couldn't possibly do that or what would they think and all, all that kind of what if and all the stuff because it's listening to that nudge, taking that step towards it, And an understanding that we don't need to know all the answers ahead of time or where it's going to take us to. It's okay. We're going to be okay. When we follow that little nudge, we are stepping towards what is meant for us. And joy is meant for us. This whole, we're meant to suffer life is not true.
0: Thank goodness. I know. (laughs) Uh, So who or what do you think is on the other side of your intuition?
1: Well, for me, uh, my, my my understanding is that, uh, as I said before, we are energy consciousness beings. We are energy. We are spirit. Different faith traditions have different descriptions of what this energy is uh, and how it comes about. Some, uh, so we won't sort of enter into that discussion. I, I, I for me, I'm my background is mostly buddhist and i understand that the buddhist under a description of what this consciousness is uh differs a little bit to what uh the theistic traditions might call soul and where it comes from so we won't go down that road but we are just simply energy beings. Quantum physics talks about it too. So if you don't want to go down the the, the spiritual tradition of understanding, uh, you've got quantum physics discussing it as well. And so being that we are energetic consciousness and we are all connected to the universal consciousness uh, as well, then for me what it is is that when we are in the present moment and we are tapping into that that inner nudge, we are tapping into the of consciousness I guess what you could say the the framework uh, of the universe and we are being guided by that and that's why we don't need to worry about what our limited ego intellectual thinking has to say about something because we cannot think ahead far enough it and that's where we get that's why we start worrying because we we believe we've been told that we've got to think of solutions intellectually. And well, we all have our own lens, our intellectual lens that we see the world through. We can't possibly experience the world through someone else's eyes. And we can't see around corners. So no wonder we all wander around feeling incredibly anxious if that's how it was meant to be. But it's not. We get to tap into a limitless, abundant Pool of knowing with a capital k a, a knowingness and that is what we're tapping into it's something that our our
0: finite human brains uh you know it could be hard for us to comprehend the the larger plan and so yeah. you know the ego gets in the way and <laughs> doesn't
1: understand the yeah, plan yeah.
0: but learning to it trust doesn't get the, it doesn't, so, it can't, so important it not get
1: the plan Exactly. No, look, what the intellect is here to help us with is once we are pointed in the right direction by moment to moment, this is where living, this living in the present moment is not about Staying fixated in your current conditions, I think a lot of people get that confused. Say so live in the present moment, and they'll say, "But my, you know, my present moment sucks." I'm going, you got the wrong idea here.
0: I would really like to um, get into these uh, near-death experiences or NDEs that you had. um, You you had mentioned you've had three before the age of 30, Yes, I did.
1: Yes. So let's see. The first one, I was 17 and I had my first UTI infection. And for whatever strange reason that they sort of said was like one of those odds that were you know, quite, uh, what can I say, long odds for it to happen, but it did, was that that infection went to my kidneys. And because, well, I'd never experienced any major illness before that point in time, I didn't know what the hell was going on, suddenly found myself rushed to hospital. My kidneys were failing on me and everything that they were doing wasn't working. And for a moment... So it wasn't for very long, but for a moment, they had to resuscitate me, according to my mum. Now, I don't remember too much of that one, except that it brought a – well, I was dealing with the the physical aftermath of weak, weak kidneys and bladder and all the rest of it for much of my adult life, following on from that, unfortunately – however understanding ones um, that we are not our body. I think that was the first first time that I, from that, that, that pointed me in the direction uh, when Western medicine was not able to deal uh, with the chronic nature of my body after the acute infection. Uh, that's when I actually first started investigating alternate Ways of healing, you know acupuncture, Reiki, looking at diet and herbs and supplements, uh, meditating and un- and then in understanding that we are not our bodies, it's a body, it's a flesh vehicle, but the body is not our spirit and our spirit is not in any particular organ. however, when we understand the power of our energetic being we are indeed able to bring about uh, a healing within ourselves still while you know using every other means as well I'm not I'm not of the mind that you just do that you you listen to your inner wisdom and be guided by whatever tools are out there in in, for you in life uh, whatever they are but it's understanding that we don't have to fear our bodies I lived in a lot of fear of my body for many uh, decades after that because it all just happened so suddenly uh, that it was like, well, is this my body imploding on me? What, what next? I don't have much recollection of an experience of, say, light going into, the, into a particular tunnel or having any particular experience from that one. Except that I am so grateful for that experience because it did point me in the direction of trying to understand that there is more, there's more to one's existence than our physical body and the physical world. The second near death experience was I believe I was about 22, and I was uh, driving home from the job that I was doing at that point. I was stopped at the uh, on, I was on like a, a main highway kind of street and uh, I was stopped behind a semi-trailer and running my own business, listening to music, sunny afternoon, you know, that whole thing. Um, and uh, uh, this, uh, a semi-trailer that was coming up behind me lost its brakes and manoeuvred itself to the best way it could but unfortunately did strike my car and pushed me and my car underneath the semi-trailer in front of me. What was really interesting about that experience was that uh, hearing the glass breaking around me and hearing the glass breaking around me and a, a sparkling, there was just this kind of real sparkle around me and I could hear the glass breaking and I was there one minute not the next and then there again and when I was there again I I wasn't scared there was just something really quite there's just a movement there was a movement for me uh, that had me crawling out of the passenger side window and I'm standing on the footpath looking at I was driving one of those little Mazda 121 cars. This is back in the 90s, those little bubble, they looked like a little rice bubble car. And apparently had I been driving a bigger vehicle, I would have, they said, more than likely would have been dead. The the idea of these smaller vehicles that don't look like they would save you from anything, but they're designed to crumple in a way where the um, engine block doesn't push through. So, yeah, even though the car looked like a little concertina box (laughs) and i'm I'm standing there looking (laughs) at my car and listening to the sirens coming and i'm looking at my car going shit really and then i look up and there's a to the a a man that's standing next to me and it turns out that this man was a old family friend uh and i'm like who had no reason to be there wasn't and i'm like what And and he's looking at me and looking at the car and i'm going yeah but in that split second of not being there, there was just this peacefulness. And as I said, there was this sparkling, it was a sparkling, radiant, glittery kind of light. And But we're talking microseconds here. It was like it wasn't. And then this, when I came back, then having just this ability to respond in that moment and, yeah, very out-of-body experience, really third one was being run over at 100 kilometers an hour i was 28 and i was coming home from another job so this is here here people don't go to work don't work <laughs> Don't go to a job. <laughs> that's my that's my first understanding. Don't go out to work. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So I was I I was yeah I was uh, walking across the pedestrian crossing. It was broad daylight, coming home from my my job at that time. Already on the on the pedestrian crossing halfway through. Uh, and uh, and now here I just have no memory of the events. It's just I can recall. I can tell you what the police report said. Yeah, no, I was, uh, Chappie was driving a tradesman's van, apparently speeding, uh, driving with faulty brakes and driving without a licence due to some eye condition. Uh, so a trifecta. Had I been at the races, I might have won big that day. But I was on a pedestrian crossing <laughs> instead. But I still won big because it didn't. Uh, I'm still here to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, no, he, he struck me at 100 kilometers an hour. I went flying. Apparently, found 25 meters away from the pedestrian crossing. Uh, struck my head. So it's left temporal lobe was how my how I landed uh I had major head injury it's pretty much yeah it, it 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 put a stop to where I was in life at that point and um I had to have a lot of recovery for 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 well it's now been twenty, 50, 20, 20. it's been a while now 28, 38, 48, that's, that's 20, yeah, yeah, 22 years since that accident, but most most of which was spent, you know, relearning how to learn and um, readjusting to a major head trauma. But the near-death experience for that was that apparently I did actually die in the helicopter being flown to the hospital, um, but my heart stopped and they had to, you know, bring me back round. A couple of times, apparently, uh, so I'm told. Um, again, interestingly, with that one, I can't say that I have any any particular recollection of I don't know seeing the light, seeing the other side, or anything like that. It's just simply one of that I was in an abusive marriage at that time. My daughter was three. My my her father was uh, had been with him for at that stage. Oh, five, six years. She was three when that accident happened. I had actually, apparently, asked him to leave uh, before that three, a few weeks before that accident happened. Unfortunately, when I came out of my coma months later, uh, and then progressively recovered enough down in, down with my family before returning uh, back to where I was living, he'd managed to wheedle his way back in and my family unfortunately did not know that I packed his bag and told him to leave. So, yeah, he came back. I used to have nightmares even after the divorce uh, that he'd come back and the penny dropped only maybe a few years ago that, that oh, those nightmares was probably partly a part-remembered kind of memory maybe as well that, that well, he did come back. But uh, these dreams would keep happening where I had divorced. I mean, the dream I was divorced but that he'd come back thankfully never happened he completely disappeared off the face of the earth from my life which is great but what that accident definitely did was secure further my journey into other spiritual traditions other well-being uh, tools and techniques and trying to make that search for self A larger, more important search, particularly as my body was just not playing nice and what I had traditionally thought was important, intellect. Uh, Though I didn't lose my uh, intellect in that sense, I certainly didn't have a brain that was functioning with the ease and flow that it used to. So uh, that shook up, again, very much who I was and how I moved through the world, and indeed, it gave me the impetus um, once. It took another six years, unfortunately, from that accident to get rid of him for good. Four of those years, I had undiagnosed, absence seizures, petty mal epilepsy. I think that, um, uh, you know, things were not good for me the way as far as my brain function was concerned and then you've got um an abusive gaslighting partner it took uh, a while for me to be able to um find the strength and the clarity uh and the and the opportunity also the it took about yeah it took about six seven years post that injury for the compensation payment there was a big we had a big fight with the insurance company of the van who was driving um they 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 dragged out the process um for so long uh but when it finally settled it, it gave me an enough to be able to go away and i went to spain and i went on a a, a buddhist retreat for um, a couple of months and while i was away from my life and him and looking for my inner wisdom and all that kind of thing uh, and realizing that no one else had a problem with me except him. No one else was yelling at me. No one else was confused by me. No no one else had an issue with me. So just it was the uh, realization and space that I needed in order to get back, send him away. I was... So having some resources was was handy. I sent him away to – he insisted that he needed to go on a holiday, so I sent him to Ireland. And while he was in Ireland, uh, I um, packed up myself and my daughter and we we fled. Thankfully, once done, he didn't fight that, which was good. Uh, And, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, but – and so that was was early 30s when all that was happening. We – before thirty-five, when 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 all that happened, and I, yes, yeah, so then I hit forty, uh, looking at that um, life, and then going, well, I, that 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 somehow I needed to catch up with something, and unfortunately, part of that catching up was choosing another ridiculous man and another unhelpful marriage. Uh, but thankfully, I got out of that. A lot faster so uh been happily happily single now for the last eight years not at all interested in anyone for anything <laughs> congratulations no, <I> <laughs> um and also realizing this is part of the patriarchy i will actually say we are raised uh, to to believe that it's only one way of being in relation and and that it's you know, as a woman, then it's with a man kind of thing and that that's the way it needs to be. And uh, I've had a lot of investigating of myself and my particular flow My under of, of, in my life now is the realisation that uh, another part an aspect of my energy leaning that I intellectually, um, you know, ignored or... Reframed in some way uh, to be fitting with society is the realization that I've pretty much fluid, and that I much more appreci- I kind of just really prefer the company of women. Really, uh, so at the moment, happily single, not looking for anyone. But to be honest, if I were at all interested in in, in investigating a relationship again. It wouldn't be with a man. I mean, us women and you 40 go. and over, we're bloody marvellous. Really? <laughs> Aren't we? We are so marvellous. <laughs> we're intelligent. We're spiritually and emotionally aware, most of us. We're creative. We're powerhouses. And then you look at the men and you just go, oh, God. <laughs> So, I mean, like the ones that aren't. All, I mean, like obviously there were ones that are out that are most probably quite okay, but they're probably already and have been married already and happily married, and they're doing that. They're, they're behaving themselves in a way that that warrants a good partner kind of thing. Uh, but the ones that are left out there, gotta say, bit alarming, really. <laughs> um, whereas the women, the women are like, oh. God, you're amazing! You can have conversations, and they are doing amazing things. So, really, well, I'm. I
0: have to agree. I have met some amazing <laughs> women on this podcast journey, you included. You so, <laughs> there's there's so many. Yeah, there are just so many out there, and the conversations just <laughs> flow do. so nicely. So why why
1: why would you put yourself in a position where you have to? I don't know. Draw blood from a stone. I don't. I don't understand. There's no point,
0: right? I know. Right, right, just because it's societally expected. That's the way it's
1: meant to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm very fortunate. My beautiful daughter, who is 25, and she's uh, 25, 26 this year, uh, thankfully relieved to me, married someone that's a loving soul. Um, And we have lovely talks about all this self and identity and sexuality and gender and it's really beautiful that though she is, is indeed and acknowledges that she is married to a uh, cisgendered man who is happy in his body as a man and all the rest of it and, and she is happy in her body uh, and, and feels aligned with her physical being uh, of, a, of a woman's body. Uh, but both of them, as far as their sense of identity, their fluid nature of identity and what relationship looks like and and for them, uh, it is beautiful to have these discussions with them in understanding that, Things might look like it's the standard, but it doesn't have to be played out that way. And I, I love having these discussions with her. And so, yeah, she's aware that I, 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 of my current leanings these days and is incredibly supportive, which is lovely, as we try and just figure out what feels right for us. And it can change. Yeah, absolutely. We're allowed to change yes, our yeah. minds about things. We're allowed to have revealed to us parts of ourselves that and uh, our inclinations that we may have ignored. We are absolutely allowed to experience the world differently and ourselves differently.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Give ourselves that permission absolutely. to do what feels right.
1: Well, the universe is dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's constantly changing, and we are universal energy beings. So this notion that uh, security, I think this comes from this misunderstanding again of where uh, clarity and inner peace and security comes from. When we think it's from the story in our head, when we think that it's from the structures out there in the world that we try and build, then naturally we, we then avoid change and fear change but the universe is dynamic every we are dynamic everything is in motion and we are changing at all times and the security is not in avoiding that change the security is understanding that we are these energy dynamic beings and that by just the sheer fact of that that we have access in every present moment to clarity to inner peace, and to abundance.
0: Yeah, that's a very uh, nice thought that we will be taking care of. Yes, and, and that can be however you
1: frame it. I mean, I, I tend to say universe, source, you want to call it God with a particular framework around it, whatever. I mean, I, I don't think we need to be too um, focused on the particular labels of, of, of this but, but there is indeed a overarching energetic framework that we are all a part of and that connects us all that's beneficial as well too.
0: Yes, yes so Pia yes. Um, to wrap up our interview Absolutely. I would like to know what advice would your current self give your younger past self? Ah,
1: yes, yes yes, yes well, I think much of like what we were talking about. I mean, of course, the the joke, the, the cynical joke part of me comes up and says, don't marry him. Um, <laughs> no, avoid, <laughs> avoid men at all costs. But no, no, we, 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 we won't go down that road. Uh, no, the main because <laughs> <laughs> it's not actually about that. I mean, in the end, and this is the key, it's actually as much as we, we say things like it's the other person and it's the events and it's the, and so don't go down that road particular path it's it's actually not them it's not them it's not the world it's the story we tell ourselves about it that gives rise to our experience so without actually changing a thing necessarily the main thing that I, I, I guess I, I, I would have loved to have maybe had was a deeper understanding that everything is going to be okay and that where that happiness actually comes from is not the relationships, the job, the family, the holidays, the money in the bank, the whatever kind of thing that we are told by society that you know, and that 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 um, happiness is out there somewhere, and that once we find that thing, then we'll be okay. We're always okay, regardless of our circumstances that's not to say don't change physical circumstances that are harmful absolutely do so but understand that our core wisdom being is uh, always okay and guiding us oh, i
0: love that thank you so Pleasure. much pia such great advice thank you uh, and so it's it seems so simple but there's so much power in just knowing that Everything's going to be okay. So, thank you for that. That is
1: a pleasure, and it is honestly. I know this is our intellect. This is what we, we we get so caught up in the that it's got to be really complex. It actually really bloody isn't. It isn't. It is actually that simple. But for some re, for our intellectual ego reasons, we go looking for something far more complex because we just can't seem to accept that it really is that simple
0: well thank goodness that it is well Pia I just want to thank Thank you you. so much for your time this evening and for sharing your beautiful story and your wisdom with us
1: thank you so much Laura and thank you to our lovely listeners out there Um, I'm hoping that there was some little nugget of benefit for you
0: and that was another episode of a guided life podcast Thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, love and light always.
1: Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher For over 30 years, on my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.